Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to 30-Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Bowler, and we are so glad you're here. Now, it's time to thrive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minute Thrive. We're so glad you're here and you're joining us today. Um, Today, we're really going to chat all about the non-traditional candidate and the benefit of tapping into them as true talent. So luckily, I am here with an expert on that topic because she's a non-traditional candidate herself. She's had just about every diverse experience you could think of, from working in the Department of Corrections to an admissions counselor to a teaching position, to now working as a recruiter, Um, Amanda's broad experience really fits the description of a non-traditional candidate, and she's here to tell you more about it. So thanks, Amanda, for joining us today. I'm excited to learn more from you and chat with you today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about my experiences as well. Absolutely. Well, before we get started, let's start with a couple fun questions first. So I guess I want to know what you're currently binge watching on TV or Netflix. Well, I'm constantly searching for the next great thing, right? So Mm -hmm. um, I recently just finished binge watching The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. And that Mm -hmm. was really dramatic, Mm -hmm. really a lot of twists and turns in the story. And I can't wait for the next season to come out. Oh, good. I'll have to t- try that one out. What's what's that one about, or what like genre does that fit under? I would say drama okay. and um, kind of like a maybe sci-fi, but a little bit mm-hmm. different than that because it's not like aliens or um, exploration of space, but more yeah. of a non-fiction, governmental, oh. huge change. Oh, well, sounds interesting. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. My second question for you is a this or that question. So, and that is coffee or soda. How do you how do you get yourself caffeinated? In the morning or throughout the day? Well, in the morning, I definitely prefer coffee. And I have a mm-hmm. specific coffee that I like. It's only sold at Costco. So that's oh. the reason for my Costco membership. <laughs> um, so that I can purchase my silver Colombian Kirkland brand coffee. Um, well, let's dive into our topic for today, and that's non-traditional candidates. So we know that you are currently working as a recruiting business partner here at MRA, but you have a lengthy background of diverse experience prior to this position. So can you talk a little bit about your background? Sure. So I've always really had a great passion for working with people um, and making a difference in people's lives and working to improve the communities that I'm involved in. After high school, I, I went to college. I got a bachelor's degree in administration of justice from Marion University um, <clears throat> in all disciplines of the institution. Um, um, I've always been an advocate for attitude and work ethic over time in a seat or a role. Um, and, you know, when I found myself in the position where I'm like, I am like a subject matter expert in like everything that I'm doing with the Department yeah. of Corrections. I feel like I know this front and back. Um, and I just was like really wanting more. And mm-hmm. I started looking into my past and I realized that I've really kind of always been all over the place, like a yeah. jack of all trades. And I think yeah. that really um, puts me in a position where I could highlight um, that I'm adaptable and I'm able to 
um, move and transition and be successful in any position that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And recruiting seemed like a natural fit for me to transition to um, because of my personality, Absolutely. my positive attitude, my ability to build relationships with people from all backgrounds and all positions, um, and my take no prisoners attitude, (laughs) um, pun intended. Uh, And so, you know, when I'm reaching out, I found this opportunity with MRA, and I just decided I was going to go for it, and I really Mm -hmm. sold my transferable skills. Um, And luckily for me, the manager at MRA that hired me saw my sparkle and recognized Mm -hmm. the value that I would bring to the recruiting team and MRA as a whole. And I'll forever be grateful for her for believing in me um, and giving me a chance to prove myself as an HR professional um, and being able to shine for all MRA members. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that being said, when I look at, you know, filling vacancies in any company that I'm working with, um, it's essential for for me to convey to them to focus on those transferable skills, attitude, and the drive mm-hmm. and passion and ambition, as opposed to a specific number of years of experience right. or time in a role. Because with the right candidate, anything can be taught. Um, the top goals to finding the best candidate is their willingness to learn, be loyal to your company, customers, mm-hmm. and goals, and most of all, fit within your team and the group that they'll be working with. Absolutely. I like what you just said at the end where it's like, skills can be taught but positive attitude and drive is that can't be taught that's like an inside motivation thing so i really like that but how has being a non-traditional candidate really helped or hindered you in the workplace most of all i believe it really humbled me i've learned so much and gained so much confidence in myself and the value that i have Mm -hmm. to offer as a professional um and i have to admit that I have more knowledge and expertise in recruiting than I even thought that I had before I started working in this field. Um, Look at me now, doing a podcast. (laughs) Um, I do have a little bit of imposter syndrome sitting here, um, but when I think about it, I really am a subject matter expert in the area Mm -hmm. of working with non-traditional candidates and second chance workforce as I have 13 and a half years with that population and working to rehabilitate them, Mm -hmm. supporting them through programming to gain skills and knowledge and become better, more productive citizens when they release from incarceration. And ultimately, um, that helps promote and reduce uh, recidivism. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we're hearing more and more that employers should really consider and turn to non-traditional candidates. So why is this? I mean, bottom line, non-traditional candidates offer new perspectives a diversity of thought, Mm -hmm. skill, experience, and ideas. This is one of the greatest assets any company can tap into Mm -hmm. for development and improvement of business processes and for building a community of inclusion. Um, I just worked with another recruiting business partner, Maddie Davis, and we Mm -hmm. just wrote an article on DEI and the benefits of internal and external um, motivation for companies um, and that was just published in the November issue of MRA Edge. So go check that out for more information on DEI. Oh, yes, I will. <laughs> um, but kind of going along with that, as we've been saying, and we've mentioned this in past podcasts, but we're in a great systemic time where employers are really struggling to find candidates. So they need to be kind of extra creative in the way that they're recruiting. 
So do you have anything to comment about this as a recruiter yourself and being in a great systemic era? Yeah, so a non-traditional candidate is somebody that is not going to fit into a traditional job description or something that you would be searching for typically, um, you know, based on education and experience. These candidates could be um, from backgrounds um, in other fields, like in like the industrial production setting, somebody with welding or fabrication experience, they might be looking to transition to a CNC career. Mm -hmm. um, also, a non-traditional candidate could fall into the category of somebody that is looking for a career change like I was, mm -hmm. taking transferable skills and refocusing them into a new industry. Um, or it could be somebody that's returning to the workforce after some time away, like a stay-at-home mom or mm -hmm. somebody that was recently incarcerated and um, looking to build their life back up in a more positive way. Mm -hmm. So you definitely recommend that employers should start tapping into this group of people. Oh, absolutely, mm -hmm. especially in these times where it's so hard to find um, candidates that check every box that you're looking for, what that would have been typically very easy mm -hmm. in the past where you would have, you know, tens, hundreds of applicants that are overqualified for a position applying, um, you know, across the board, that's just not the case right now. So opening up um, to looking at candidates that might have a different mm -hmm. background than you would traditionally look for is absolutely a great way to start to um, find some qualified people for the position. Yep. And you just tapped a little bit into this now, mm -hmm. but do you have any other advice that you can give to employers who are really struggling to find candidates? Maybe they've considered non-traditional candidates, but are still, you know, struggling with that. Absolutely. My best advice would be just to really think big picture. So you want to be at 10,000 feet. It's really easy to get hyper-focused because you're getting questions and a lot of pressure from all areas of business, from managers, from teams looking to field roles, emails for updates, you know, comments, um, and the need for more labor is never ending. Right. So, um, you know, when we're hearing things like, where is everyone gone? Yeah. And there used to be people lining up for these jobs. Um, you know, overall, it appears that there is a workplace shortage, there's a labor shortage, and there are people out there, there are people looking for jobs, there are people in positions looking to accelerate their career mm -hmm. um, and, or change careers or re-enter the workforce. Um, and those, those um, categories of candidates just really, um, I find, are not being tapped into like yeah. they could be. Absolutely. And also when um, employers are considering, you know, tapping into candidates who are currently in or recently released from the custody of the Department of Corrections, there are tons of factors to consider, especially if you've never employed um, people from this category before, okay? Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> really have a discussion with, you know, top level to your team, um, hiring managers, and decide, will this population of candidates add value to the company? And mm -hmm. why? What's the reason? Why do we need this? Um, is, is this the direction where we want to go? Because when you, when you do that, you might have to revisit um, policies that you have in place, um, SOPs, training programs. Um, you may need to develop new training programs because you'll be accepting people that might not you know, have the exact skills, check every box that you're looking for. 
Um, you know, and you'll have to think about flexibility and the options because people from the second chance um, workforce are going to often have commitments to the Department of Corrections still, whether if they're on probation or parole. So they would have treatment groups, um, meeting with their um, probation parole officer, um, you know, other types of uh, requirements and guidelines that part of their, you know, their probation and parole rules and agreement. Um, and how are you going to support that? Are you going to offer, you know, flexible scheduling? Um, are they going to be able to make up hours that they would miss because they have these appointments? Um, and are then, is that going to entail extra steps in the hiring process? Are you going to require extra references? Um, creating a contact and starting a relationship with the probation um, officers um, or staff in the community corrections offices. Um, and how is this going to affect your current workforce? What um, types of support, what type of information are you going to share with them? Mm -hmm. um, obviously, when um, you would hire somebody with a criminal history, they don't come in with a sign on their back. But as mm -hmm. people start to talk, they might see a trend and, um, you know, sometimes concerns might come up and you need to pre-plan and be ready to respond, be consistent, be responsive, communicate down um, to, at all levels to know what expectations are. Um, in those situations, um, you know, and, and with that being said, in order to tap into um, this workforce, you could start building relationships with mm -hmm. local community corrections offices, mm -hmm. um, staff and employees, um, also with local jails that are close to your facility, you know, build that relationship. You could even start to employ workers through a Huber program before they're released from county jail or work release programs before they were released from prison, um, you know, and there are a couple of resources that we can share um, with any listeners that, that might yep. require that through the Wisconsin Department of Corrections page. Um, there's a resource of a list of all the probation parole offices um, and also the Wisconsin Center System information um, and contacts on where you can um, look at people to start promoting and building those relationships. Mm -hmm. Also, um, there is a federal income tax credit that is available for companies um, that do employ people um, from non-traditional um, candidates. So, you know, if they're convicted of a felony and released from prison for that felony within one year of the date of hire, you're eligible for this tax credit. Um, then there's a long list um, of categories um, for the non-traditional second chance workforces, you know, such as families that are receiving temporary and long-term assistance, uh, veterans, um, people in a vocational rehabilitation program, um, food stamp recipients, SSI recipients, and people that are on long-term unemployment benefits. So it's really, just, it's really important for employers to be connected to these resources mm -hmm. as well as the candidates so that there is a way for them to meet in the middle and get connected to increase employment. Mm -hmm. That's some great information and great advice for employers. And here at MRA, we do have um, volunteer opportunities through our DI group. Um, I lead to volunteer on doing mock interviews um, with incarcerated individuals, which I think is just um, a great opportunity and great volunteer opportunity. And you kind of mentioned some of those. Mm -hmm. Um, but we did talk about advice for employee, employers, but now I want to move to any advice you have for the non-traditional candidates themselves. 
So do you have any motivation or words of advice for non-traditional candidates to really boost their chances of getting the job they want? Absolutely. You know, like I just mentioned, take advantage mm -hmm. of all the resources that are available to you. Make connections with local job centers. Mm -hmm. Search for programs and grants for, you know, second chance workforce, non-traditional workers. Look at the employers um, that are in your target or demographic that are part of these programs and reach out to them. Mm -hmm. um, look into tech college programs and grants. There are a bountiful amount of trades careers right now that are just begging for people. So um, if you could get in and get some education mm -hmm. um, to learn some some skills that would benefit employers, that's just going to make you more valuable in the market. And as you mentioned, mm -hmm. participating in mock interviews, yeah. that is so important. Mm -hmm. I mean, being able to be confident in you, what your strengths are, mm -hmm. um, what you would need to work on, and knowing specifics about your employment history um, and being able to talk about what you've done and what you can do and what you want to do. I can't tell you how many people that I talk to that they can't remember where they worked or when or what they, you know, they might remember a little bit about what they did there. But before you're going to actually participate in an interview, practice, practice, practice. Yep. Know what you're going to say because people are going to ask you the same thing. If they want to hire you for a job, they want to know what have you done and what can you do for us? Mm -hmm. So at minimum, be able to be confident in your response in that. Right. Um, put yourself in a position to be successful. Um, be honest. Uh, be candid with interviewers and employers. Um, most employers do background checks. So if you're coming from um, you know, a previous incarceration or you have a criminal history, um, just be comfortable talking about that because, and know that that's okay. Um, there is, there was a article posted by Business North in October of 2022, um, and it stated that an estimated one in three Americans have a criminal record. So that's approximately 70 million people. These individuals of the 70 million have a 27% unemployment rate. So that is a huge portion of the potential workforce that isn't even tapped into yet. Right. So if if we can get word out to this work this this workforce and get them ready and eager and wanting to to work um, and put forth the effort to be a good employee and maintain stable employment, um, that's going to be a great asset to this um, vanishing labor force that we're that we're uh, in right now. Um, and with that, you know, you can, like I said, look for programs. So there's a pathway home to grant. Um, and this program starts working with incarcerated individuals that have 20 to 180 days left to serve in home, um, incarceration, jail, or Huber. So that's just another example of a program that employers can look into and candidates can look in, into to, to, to get connected. Mm -hmm. It sounds like there's a lot of great resources that they can really um, get connected to, like you said, and take advantage of. And that fact that you said, by the way, is very shocking. It's like, wow, mm -hmm. it's very, I don't know, eye-opening. It is, it is. But as we wrap up here, um, I guess just kind of looking at non-traditional or not, what are the top five skills that any successful candidate needs today? 
I mean, we see the recruiting world changing every other month. So what is your top five skills that you think are the most important? So these top five skills, attributes that I'm going to share, I think are important for anybody, whether you're interviewing Mm -hmm. for a production line um, position or the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, right? You need to have confidence. Mm -hmm. Confidence in yourself, confidence in your ability, and confidence to do a job and um, make a difference. Mm -hmm. Positive attitude. Being positive, smiling, and having Mm -hmm. people um, feel welcomed when you're around, it it speaks volumes, and Mm -hmm. that's what employers are looking for. They want somebody that is going to create a culture of um, inclusion and positivity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Communication skills, being able to communicate day-to-day functions, um, being able to communicate issues and problems that you may be having that would affect your ability to to come to work or do work, Mm -hmm. um, changes in your situation, um, and being able to communicate with coworkers, supervisors, everybody. So important. Adaptability and Mm -hmm. flexibility. So the only constant in this world is change. So being able to embrace that, see the positive in things, and move forward is absolutely a necessary trait. Um, and, and strong work ethic and dependability go hand in hand, in my opinion. Um, if you show up for work and you mm-hmm. work hard um, and you produce results and you're being productive and helping out your employer, um, that's always going to be noticed and it's hopefully appreciated. Oh, absolutely. That's a great list of five. I feel like we need to like pin that on the wall <laughs> Thanks. right here. But we're running out of time for today. Unfortunately, I wish we could talk about this for hours, but thank you so much for joining us today and really sharing your story, your expertise, and your advice to employers out there um, and non-traditional candidates when it comes to non-traditional candidates. So if you liked our chat and topic today, make sure to share this episode, like, comment, leave a review. We would really appreciate that. Um, Amanda's email and her LinkedIn profile are in the show notes. So if you'd like to connect with her, I really encourage you to do so. I'm sure she'd be happy to chat with you. Um, Otherwise, uh, thanks for tuning in today and we will see you next week. Thank you again, Amanda, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.